You know, babes. Yeah. When I listen to an artist like Ryan Adams, <laughs> I don't just listen a hundred percent of the way. <laughs> I give it a hundred and thirty-two percent of my focus. I thought it was a hundred and fifty. It's a hundred and fifty-seven actually <laughs> percent of my focus. Oh, and then I give uh, I and then when I listen to him, I give it a thousand and two percent. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> We were discussing a minute ago, why is it that people say, oh, well, I'm not going to give it 100%. I'm going to give it 110%. And I think there's this trend in our culture, and it's not new. Yeah. I wish I could blame it on something like well, the internet. It's been happening like, since we were, we were really little. I, I, I'm even going to say it's happening as long as I can think of, meaning before we were born. Yep. But it's this trend of people saying something stupid to try to sound smart. So another one yeah. that gets me is whenever you hear people say, talk about real estate, and they actually made fun of this on Cheers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But they'll say something like, um, the three rules of real estate are location, location, location. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's a great episode of Cheers it's after Sam sold the bar to the corporation. Yeah. Which I love because the corporation is never made named. They just call it the corporation. <laughs> the corporation. And he decides to buy another bar. Uh-huh. And Kelsey Grammer is telling this, you know, to everybody. And Woody's like, that's stupid. That's only one rule. <laughs> and then, uh, like, uh, you know, I haven't seen the episode in, like, decades. And yeah. Fraser's like, um, well, Woody, that's... Uh, that's real estate for you. And he's like, well, why do they do that? And he's like, because real estate agents are stupid. <laughs> well, or, or what, well, I know what about, what about that saying? Like there is no I in team. Of course there's no I in team. Right. But who thought there was? Yeah. Who thought there was? But there is a me in team. If you're dyslexic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's right. Or if you really are dyslexic and you switch letters around, it'll be meat. Exactly. M-E-A-T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who would ever, who would ever think that there was an I in team? But I think what they're trying to say is you're not an individual when you're working in a team. Exactly. That one doesn't get me I, as much as the location, 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 location yeah. 110%. I know. I know. And I'm sure we could think of other ones too. Yeah, exactly. Now... Since this trend has been going on for so long, I'm assuming that you've known people in your personal life who use these stupid little catchphrases that don't add up under scrutiny. And would you like to bash those people now? I can't think of anyone, but I'm sure I've heard someone I know say something dumb like that. Mm -hmm. Location, location, location. It's one thing if you say there's something that you need to remember and they mention a word three times, right? right? That's one thing. But if you're saying there's three rules of thumb, location, location, location. Um, I'm sure I probably have known someone or met someone who have used those stupid phrases like that. You know the other one that gets me, babes? Yeah. And it's more like a template for a phrase. Uh-huh. When somebody refers to the same thing twice in the context of the good thing is, and also the bad thing is. So, like, the example I'll give you is when people talk about the Internet, they'll say, well, the good thing about the Internet is everybody has a voice. And the bad thing about the Internet is everybody has a voice. <laughs> I don't like that either. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I know you're trying to make a point, but why do you have to repeat the same phrase 
Twice. You could just say the internet is complicated because anybody can chime in. Exactly. And that's a lot simpler, takes less words, and people hear it less. Huh? Then everybody has a voice, but then on the other hand, everybody, everybody has, has a, a voice. voice. I know, I know, I know. I don't I don't understand that one either. Mm-hmm. Now, having said all this, when I was a teenager, in retrospect, I was kind of a douchebag in a lot of ways. I was I didn't go full douche or full bag, <laughs> but I had elements of douchebaggery in my personality. Well, of course you wouldn't be able to go full douche because douche is something else. Thank you. And I think I <laughs> had douchebag tendencies in my personalities into my 20s and some would argue I never got rid of those tendencies I would disagree slightly with that and so I never said anything like the examples I gave you but I'm sure at some point I must have said something stupid and try to pass it off as super intelligent uh-huh but but that's probably because you've heard it so much right um yeah yeah yeah, or or what? It, what about when people say you put the R in rhythm, or that doesn't bother me. It doesn't. I don't know why, but that one doesn't get to me. Or or you put the R in whatever it is. Well, I can't do the rolling tongue thing with my R's, yeah. so uh, you'll never hear that out of me, at least not correctly. I, that was a bad example because I was trying to think of another example and it didn't come out right. But oh. um, yeah, I don't know. Stupid catchphrases. I never thought about it until you brought it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 110%. Or what about <laughs> what about when some people say things like, on a scale of 1 to 10, you are 12. I know. I hate that. That's another thing I hate. I'm like, no, there's only It goes up to 10. 10. Because here's the thing. If you do that, and I know people do that playfully, it's a joke, yeah. but you disregard the rating system. Because if yeah. you say on a scale from 1 to 10, you're a 12, or on a scale from 1 to 10, the pain was a 1,000, well, then what does that mean a 10 is the next time you report? Yeah, is that, does that mean out? it's less painful? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And you have to have some sense of consistency in life. Uh-huh. Well, this is Rick's theory. Yeah. And maybe this becomes more apparent as I get older, but I don't like stuff like that. Like, you can't, I, I and again, I know it's a trivial thing, yeah. but you just say it's a 10 if you yeah, really I, have to. I get annoyed by that. I, yeah. I, I really get annoyed by that too. Yeah. When, or, yeah. Know. Or if, say on a scale from one to a thousand or on a scale from one to 12, you're 12. That would make more sense. Yeah, exactly. On me. a scale of one to a thousand, there's more, um, you have a lot more room to pick a number. Yeah. You know what? This is a side tangent. Yeah. I use Goodreads a lot. Uh-huh. And I really like it. You're familiar with the service? I am, but I never use it. I know people like to put reviews of books on it. Yeah. And basically, I rarely review a book, meaning write something down. I have before, but mm-hmm. I don't do it too often. It's more for me to have an idea of what I've read mm-hmm. and what I personally thought. So I'll rate it on their system, but I won't write something down usually mm-hmm. with a couple of exceptions. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is it's on a scale of one to five stars and you can't do half stars. So like a lot of book yeah. times, a book will get a four from me when it really deserves three and a half stars uh-huh. or a book will get a three from me when really it deserves three and a half stars. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Okay, so speaking about the star scale, mm-hmm. uh, remember when I brought up um, something about Instacart? It was it, it. It may have been yesterday. I think it was. Go right? on. So, or or I think I know it was in the past, but I think it was as recently as as um, Friday, rather, not yesterday. Yes. So I didn't get a good order the first time. Oh, I, I was here. I know. But but this is what I'm trying to explain. Go ahead. So there's a, I think it's like a one to five star rating, right? Mm-hmm. Three to four. So I've heard. So when it comes to the rating system, I heard that three to four stars is still really good. Yeah. But for Instacart, if you give someone a three star rating, that isn't so good. Well, to me, I would think that's average or slightly above yeah. on a scale from one to five. I, I mean, it could be worse. I've had worse orders, but even at three stars, I'm like, three stars, really? But maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You remember that one time, babes? I think it was earlier this year where you ordered some groceries and the guy just didn't deliver them? Yes. Yes. And I um, I had to chat with the... Um, I had to chat with somebody from Instacart and they um, refunded me and uh, ordered the same thing. Yeah. And I didn't have to pay for it. I thought that was great. That was really cool. That was really cool that I was able to chat and and it said, did you have a problem with your order and blah, 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 blah. And that's what I really like about the service. Now, I remember that one time when we were really snowed in, it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. I had an Instacart, I'm sorry, I had a Walmart order and it couldn't get to me, obviously, because of the snowstorm. Yeah. And I had to cancel it and order it another day. And that was hard. I think that was like January or February of 2021. It, it was February because that was, um, that was before Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. So that was like the night we watched The Wedding Planner and About a Boy on the phone. Yes, I believe you're right about that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, the wedding singer's better, but you know, I, 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 the wedding planner is a chick flick. I know I like it, but but it's not even written well. Okay, like we, you can see most of the beats coming in the movie. We've talked about this before. Okay, but... sorry, babes, I didn't. <laughs> you give you, you give your remember. insights. You know, my grandma says or said she's dead. <laughs> Because there's a lot of skeletons in my family's closets. So sometimes he would refer to relatives and you'd be like, sometimes I think they don't want to remember this thing. And maybe with me, after I give a shitty review to a movie, sometimes I don't want to remember that I gave my thoughts on it. So I have an excuse to do it again. Oh my goodness. No, you just wanted to do that again. I talked about the wedding planner this week with somebody. Did we discuss that here? Um, I, I th- think that might have been privately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about chick flicks that um, his wife liked and that I liked and that you didn't like. Yeah, and that he didn't didn't like. like. And he mentioned The Proposal, which I've never seen. So I've never seen that. My friend hates Sandra Bullock. And really? Yeah. Now, I don't know this lady. I'm sure she has her issues, but overall, she seems like a perfectly she seems like fine. Seems like a nice human lady. Being. I mean, I like I like some of her movies. The Nazi stuff is a little bit concerning. The Nazi stuff? Oh yeah. Okay, well, I, we don't have to go into that. And no, this isn't like a Republican thing. So she was married to a guy who was apparently like in the Jesse, Nazi. Yeah, Jesse, uh, Jesse James. Yeah, and apparently he was in like Nazi symbolism and whatnot. 
Um, and it seems a little and bit. She well, she divorced him. I know like, right away. I know, so. but it does seem a little bit weird that you would be married to somebody and not know that they have some questionable thoughts. Okay, okay. This. Let me defend her for a minute because I yeah. don't. Like I said, we both don't know this woman. Yeah, exactly. But it could have been that you know, you know, you've heard of those bait and switch stories where. A guy marries a girl or a girl marries a guy and there's one little thing that the person didn't tell yeah. their girlfriend or boyfriend. And maybe that was the one little thing that he didn't tell, but he was also cheating on her too. So that's, that's another thing. Um, so even if it were, not, were just for that, I'm guessing that she probably did not know that going into it. I don't I don't believe that she is a supporter of Nazism. I don't either, but I what I would say is I find it a little bit questionable, but uh, questionable. But again, I don't know this woman. Outside of that, she seems like a perfectly nice human being. And I get that things can be deceiving, but my friend hates Sandra Bullock. So he was telling me that the proposal was one of the movies that his wife likes that he doesn't and some movie with Ashton Kutcher and some other douchebag that I don't like, but I don't remember who it was. And they like fall in love at the airport at the end, but they're friends leading up to that. Oh, and the ones I named were serendipity and the wedding planner. So that's why the wedding planner has been on my mind. I don't know about the, I didn't watch a lot of Ashton Kutcher movies, so I don't know about the one where they fall in love at the airport, which sounds really cheesy. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his as an actor. You know what I mean? Like, he's good on that 70s show, but yeah, he is. that's where it stops for me. I enjoyed punk, but I'm not going to go out and see a movie just because Ashton Kutcher is in it. I watched a little bit of punk. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I thought it was funny. Now, I was thinking about this because we were talking about Danny Masterson mm-hmm. and that 70s show. I did not know until I think it might have been yesterday that he's married. He what? He is married still to um, Bijou Phillips. Yeah, that's got to be difficult for her. That's got to be really, I mean, and then you, and then you know, the same thing as Sandra Bullock. Well, you kind of have to wonder, did she know about this? Because I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Katie Holmes knew about Tom Cruise's involvement with the Church of Scientology, and that's why they, that's why he, uh, she divorced him. Mm. She divorced him, and and um, wanted uh, her daughter to be raised outside of that. Um. And then um, John Travolta's family, it sounded like his, his family was ruined by the Church of Scientology and, and Leah Remini left the Church of Scientology. So, um, yeah, I just wonder how much uh, Bijou Phillips knew about this. Yeah, because Danny Masterson's a Scientologist, right? Yes, it, it came out that he is, yes. Yeah, and... I don't know what she did or didn't know. I don't like, though, that I heard that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunitz are still defending Danny Masterson. Not saying that what he did was all right, but still yeah. saying that they're friends with him. And I don't like that people are going after them for being friends with him. Because I yeah. have a lot of friends who do things yeah. that I find very questionable. Yeah. But it's like, if you're friends with somebody, you're friends with them. Yeah. And you and stand behind your friends. And it doesn't mean that you endorse what they did. Yeah, exactly. But it means that you're still willing to have them in your life. I think that people need to be gracious to the people that have been affected by this, right? Because they probably didn't know what was going on with him either. Yeah. And... They're probably really just as confused as everybody else is about Danny Masterson and, you know, how could he throw his career away? Mm-hmm. And now he's in um, uh, prison for rape for 30 years. So, 
you got you kind of have to look at them and look look at them and have you know show grace towards them because they're probably really really upset and confused about this whole thing and also it's like this doesn't excuse Danny Masterson from being a, an incredible douchebag and a horrible human being. But at the same time, people are allowed to be friends with whoever they bond with. Yeah. And the three of them especially went through probably a very bizarre experience together, becoming famous at such a young age. Exactly. From that 70s show. And, and I know that there are people where who I've wondered, you know, I, uh, people that were in my life who have who I've wondered, well, why are you friends with these people? If, mm -hmm. You know... And I'll never understand it. Yeah. And it, and I know it's a different scenario. I mean, it wasn't like they committed any crimes. But at the same time, you cannot make people stop being friends with people you don't like. It, no matter what you say, you can express your concern, but you can't change the fact that they're friends with these people. And they can decide to not be friends with these people. But... You know what I mean? Or you can decide yeah. not to be friends with them. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I wouldn't want somebody telling me who I could or couldn't be friends with. It's because, called control. Yeah, and then it's, you get into those weird purity tests. Mm -hmm. And for real, I wouldn't pass a lot of those tests. Now, I never did anything like Danny Masterson did. No. But, you know, everybody has these things in their past that they're not proud of. And that they should have done differently. So, it's... It would be now if if they were like endorsing his activity. That's that's different. that was different. But if they're just saying they're still going to be friends with the dude, then good on them. You know, stand by yeah. your friends. And and they're and and most likely they probably would not endorse what he did because I'm uh, yeah sure, they haven't done that. I'm sure they haven't. No, they're just as confused as everybody else's. I don't know them, but. I think it would be a pretty safe bet to say in their household, there have been long conversations about Danny Masterson over the last few years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, here, here, here is a thing that I think I've talked about before. Remember that battle I told you about with that woman on that, that line, that chat line? Yes. Which the is one a, from Gresham, right? Yes. Which yeah. is a really stupid battle to be honest. So, um, there was a guy on that same system who is, has been known to be on other systems and he's been, he's got some issues, let's just say. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give him, um, I'm not going to give him any notoriety. Just that he was a blind guy that used to live up north in Washington. Um, and he got into some trouble. Oh. And she has accused him of being a phone terrorist, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is. By the way, I just want to make this clear. To the best of my knowledge, I don't know any of these people involved. This is strictly the law. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. Yeah, sorry. You I, know. I just wanted to put that out. It's there. a very small thing in the blind community, I think. And even outside of this, Alana really hasn't told me much about the situation. But go ahead, tell the story. Okay. So he gets on this thing. <clears throat> And she accuses me of being in contact with this guy who has been in prison for things that I'm not, I don't know the whole story about and I yeah. won't say it here. Fair enough. And he said some, now the only thing I'm, I'm going to give you context. The only thing I really agreed with him on, on some things politically. Okay. 
but she has accused me of um contacting him which I never had his contact information at all and um this woman who has never met this man has been shaking in her boots because of it and by the way she's no longer on the system I just want to let you know that okay and so she's (laughs) she's acting all mean and tough as if she could do something to me but I don't know this woman outside of the phone and um and people are weird like that you know it's like if you agree with someone in one area that doesn't necessarily mean that you're friends with them exactly yeah and so she has gotten this weird idea that i would agree with him on everything and i would say and i has said no um never had contact with the guy don't even know where he lives. Never met him in person. You can't prove that I even have any ties to this man. And I don't. Okay. And so some people are weird like that. Yeah. And it's like, I can't think of anybody who I would agree with 100% of the time. No, not at outside all. Outside of me. Outside of you, yeah. Yes. And even then, I look at some of my past stuff and I'm like, mm, uh. I can't hold that belief anymore. That's a little bit cringe. I should change that. Yeah. Yeah, the tomatoes thing was weird. Oh my goodness. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, people are strange. <clears throat> people people have their own ideas about other people and you just can't tell anyone just like you can't tell anyone how to eat. Yeah. Or what to put in their body. You can be concerned about it, but otherwise they're gonna make their own decisions. You just can't tell anyone what to do. Really. And the other thing is, why would you want to? Unless it's directly affecting your life. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, if it's like an addiction that really is affecting everybody around them, that's one thing. Right. But if it's like a weird quirk they have or a friend that you don't necessarily like, but you, you're you fr- you're still friends with the person who is friends with them, mm-hmm. then, you know, just, just leave it alone. Yeah, like, not only do I have friends who have some questionable beliefs and actions and whatnot, but they're friends with people who I consider douchebags, you know, and not me other, uh, they're friends with other douchebags and you know, okay. Yeah. It's not not going to ruin my day. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, you don't, you don't have to hang out with them. Exactly. You know, it's just like, I mean, I don't expect to be friends with um, somebody (sighs) that, they're friends with yeah. like I, I mean i like i've told you before the one person i went to lunch with i don't expect to make friends with her friends no because it's, it doesn't work that way yeah and um, like one of her friends is friends with an ex of mine yeah and and she's not here to defend herself she's not here to defend herself and apparently she can't travel uh, anymore <laughs> oh my goodness I, we've mentioned this before we talked about that but we yeah, didn't anyway. say that and and the girl you went out with is also friends with that ex. Well, I don't know how much, but yeah, she was at one time. Yeah. But that ex actually that ex actually from what I could tell when we were in a relationship really liked that girl that you went out to uh lunch with. Was I I thought she, I thought she made fun of this No, person. she she actually didn't. It's her other friends. Oh. Who made fun oh. of the girl who you went to lunch with. And I know this sounds super vague yeah. to people who aren't in the know. But, yeah, my ex, 
I got the impression, and I was always kind of shocked that she kind of liked the girl who you went out to lunch with. Not, you know, in a weird way, but just, you know, thought of her as a friend. I never thought it was a weird way. Yeah, but you know what I mean? That they were just friends. They they, they just, um, they just pulled, they just um, hit it off as friends. Yeah, yeah, and like my ex didn't like that I used to make fun of the girl who you went to lunch with. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, she, she tried to shut that down. Oh. Yeah, which I was, okay. 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 All right. Um, whatevs. Um, yeah, okay. Interesting. So, yeah. So, we'll deal with most character flaws. Now, there is one that if I hear about it, I will warn people, cut this person out of your life immediately. Mm-hmm. Or else we're going to have some issues. And that's if they're friends with somebody who is a big fan of Ryan Adams. <laughs> Wait a minute, Bubs. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't the person that you spoke with who shall not be named that you spoke with this week a big fan of this um this uh, artist i'm a hypocrite i don't follow my own rules <laughs> so let's talk about ryan do we want to talk about him now or a little bit later um we can we can spend like a, a couple minutes talking about ryan adams i mean there's nothing really to talk about really yeah so <laughs> as you know i was involved with the blind cafe for a number of years and i'm actually want to talk about that less mm-hmm. just because it's like at some point even i've got to move uh-huh. But you notice I haven't been talking about it as much. No, and that's good. Okay. So, in, I don't know, 2016, I'm hanging out with Rosh, whose name I say because, you know, whatever. Now you can say it. I don't know if I can say it, but I, listen. Now you can say it? You never said it before. I've said it before. Oh. Yeah, because uh, I'm not accusing him of anything illegal. I'm just saying he's a giant douchebag. And <laughs> that is still legal. Regardless of whether Rick wants it to be or not. But I'm not going to say other people's names All right, involved okay. with the organization. Anyways. Okay. There's this other douchebag who works for the Blind Cafe who <laughs> Rosh is very close with. And one day we're at a cafe and these two douchebags start talking about Ryan Adams. <laughs> is, and, it, is it? it, it should we call this episode Douchebags R Us? That's a possibility. No, I'm just kidding. It's just like you said douchebag like like. 10 million times in the last uh, 10 minutes. I know, but it's a word that is front and center when I bring up the Blind Cafe or Ryan Adams. <laughs> All right, go on. Anyways. <laughs> so these douchebags are like fangirling out over Ryan Adams. Like Ross was saying, you know, I never listened to him until you told me to. And I really like his stuff. Now I've been getting into it. And the other one is like, Oh yeah. I mean, he's, he's just putting, putting out all this great music and I want to see him when he comes to town. And I decided to listen a little bit because I'm like, okay, what is this Ryan Adams? And and before we get there, I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating in this story. My, I had never heard of this guy before hearing these two people talk about him. My theory after that, because I know that Rosh is like one of these people who likes to sound intelligent and deep and whatnot. Uh And the other person is kind of like a mini version of him Uh is that the reason people say that they like Ryan Adams and a big part of his popularity is because hipsters like correcting people who think that they're talking about Ryan Adams. So if I go up to you and I say, Alana, have you heard the new Ryan Adams CD? If you don't know who he is, you might say, uh, do you mean Brian Adams? And I can uh-huh. say, actually, 
I mean Ryan Adams. Yeah, because Brian Adams has been around longer than Ryan Adams, and their names I, are basically yeah, the same. and Ryan and Brian Adams actually does put out um, good music. I've I've heard I like some of his his stuff. Yeah, I I say if Brian Adams was never born, Ryan Adams would be about eighty percent less popular. <laughs> Right. So you've known this theory for a while. And the other yeah. day, you decided to put it to the test by putting on some Ryan Adams when I wasn't here. Exactly. Yes. And I said, hey, I heard some Ryan Adams and believe me, you're not missing much. <laughs> and then I decided this morning, I said, yes. hey, um, why don't I play you a few, uh, you know, I won't play you everything, but I'll, I'll play you some Ryan Adams and we'll listen to a few bars and I think we went through three songs, or rather, snippets, heard of, three snippets of three songs. And I'm like, okay, I think it's enough. What do you think? Yeah, and my opinion is this. It's passable. If I was just at a bar and Ryan Adams was the house musician, that would, I, yeah. yeah, I could probably get into it. But if we're talking about, is this music that I'm going to revisit on my own? And will it influence the way I look at the world like good music should? No. Yeah. Like, a couple things st struck out to me immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, At least this is my theory. He's probably a huge Bob Dylan fan. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, and also a fan of blues artists in general. Yeah. And it felt very derivative of Bob Dylan. It felt like uh -huh. a Bob Dylan wannabe to me. Yeah. Um, And... When I listen to music, it's cool to know who your influences are, but I want to know what you're bringing to the table. And if you're just going to be doing, like, the 2000s version of Ryan Adams and Bob Dylan, of uh, Brian Adams and Bob Dylan, I get them confused, I don't really know that I need that in my life. Well, Brian, <clears throat> Brian Adams isn't even a bluesy type No, I know, but they have the same, almost. <clears throat> but, yeah, it sounded like, so I've watched... Um, several talent competitions on TV. And the one thing that they always tell um, the people that are um, in those competitions yeah. is make the song your own. Exactly. Right. Don't sound like everybody else. And you want to do that. Like you can have an artist that has um, maybe some hints of another artist, but they can't sound exactly like that artist. And it sounds to me like, He's trying too hard to sound like the people who influenced him, yet it just sounds too plain. It, yeah. it doesn't sound original. I I mean, honestly, I mean, it could be a lot worse, and I've heard worse. Uh, I've heard music that sounds like it could be played in a nursing home. You're talking about Rochester. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's worse than what I've heard, but this is not. I mean, it just so it just sounds so plain and white bread and not that you know not that he isn't trying hard i'm just it just isn't for me yeah and it's not that his voice sounded like bob dylan but the style of his music to me sounded very bob dylan it just sounded cookie cutter yeah it sounded that's, that's a tr the term I'm looking for it sounded too cookie cutter that it, it there was no uniqueness it was like a copy of a copy of a copy exactly it's like well I could have I could have listened to Bob Dylan then. 
But that's what Rosh aspires to, being a copy of a copy of a copy mm -hmm. of something great. And so Bob, I see why he looks up to Ryan Adams. And Bob Dylan, I believe Bob Dylan was an original person for his time. Yeah. And no one can copy that. Um, you can have hints of it, but you can't copy it. No. You can't. Um, what is it? Um, um, always imitated, but never duplicated. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not the world's biggest Bob Dylan fan. Me either. I like some of his songs here and there, but he's not my go-to guy. Yeah. But game recognizes game. He is talented. He has built a career that a lot of people, including myself, recognize is very, very unique. And you have to respect that. Yes. Yes. So, Ryan Adams. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, I listen to it, and I'm just like, I'm just not impressed. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, you're a serviceable, serviceable musician. You can play the chords right. You sing okay. <laughs> and that's it. That's it, yeah. Yeah. But we saw one that was... Top notch. Yeah. Alana finally heard me play the drums last night. So I guess you can say the wheeze. No, no, you did not play the drums. You're sitting next to me in the aisle. Oh, good point. <laughs> we went last night to see Wynton Marsalis. At the Schnitz. Yes. It was it was we we did wish that it was a little bit longer. Like we we thought it was gonna be two hours. And um he played for around 90 around minutes. 90 minutes but but I made the statement I said you know what I'd rather it be shorter and it have a um it'd be a great set than be long and the set drags out here's what happened yeah a friend of mine called me up a couple of days earlier who is a user of the Lyft TriMet service out here and said that he had called the snitch and they had said that uh, the set was supposed to be two hours. Yeah. Which is why we were thinking that it was going to end and, at around 9.30. And, 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 and we, they probably didn't know that it was going to be under two hours either. Yeah. I mean, they might have just been guesstimating. Yeah. I don't know. They may have been guesstimating, I'm guessing. Um, but in any event, we were in the middle of watching an episode of Mea. Mea. Yes. Yes. Which we'll get to at some point. Yes, we will. We, uh, several episodes, actually. Yes. We left your place, got a ride to the spot. We were there just in time. And as we were getting up close, there was somebody playing the trumpet only a couple blocks away. Yeah, and it was good. It my, was really good. My speculation is that that was somebody from the band doing like a warm-up thing. Yeah, it was. It sounded great. I'm it like, did. somebody give this guy money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He didn't sound like your average street corner trumpet, which could have been bad or good, but this person was really good. Right. We are kind of standing around and go to the box office after asking somebody. They couldn't find my name in the system. And I was a little bit worried. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't worried because I had the email. I showed the guy and he said it didn't make sense to him. Yeah. So they got somebody. We go inside to this other area. And the lady pulled up my name. I guess it was not put in the right alphabetical order or something. And it was underneath somebody's name that sounded like your last name. Exactly. Yeah. But we figured it out fairly quickly. We go to wait to get through security. Um, and, oh, oh yeah. 
as we're talking to that one lady mm-hmm. who's, uh, I guess, at the uh, service desk. Yeah. The lady next to her said that she had heard about us because my friend called up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how she figured that out, but she, she did. She, mm-hmm. He might have mentioned your name. That's possible. Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I think um, I was talking to a friend of yours over the phone, and then you, you got her name right, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That that's is right. Her. Yeah. We get inside, get help to our seats, and I thought it was going to be at the very back of the venue, mm-hmm. but it was more towards the middle, which yeah. I liked. yeah. Because I'm not even sure we could have danced at the back of the venue, but that was, I don't know. I had a feeling it was going to be very cramped. Yeah, I was. And I really did want to get up and dance with you, but at the same time, the schnitz, the aisles at the schnitz are kind of skinny. Yeah. Um. So you really can't really, you can't really move around. It took a while for things to fill up. For example, I don't think our role, role, row, row. I can never speak. Not roll. Yes, I'm dyslexic. Was completely full until like after the first song because a couple got there late. So I had to stand up for them, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what I thought was really cool was there's, there was a bunch of kids. Yeah. I think they were like it high might school have students. Been middle school or high school with a, a teacher there or uh, they may have, may have been chaperones. And they were going to hear Wynton Marsalis. And, and I, sorry, go ahead. And I thought, what a great experience for these kids because I started hearing about Wynton Marsalis when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about this guy, but I heard he was a great trumpeter. And I've also heard about Branford Marsalis, who was a saxophonist. Completely ruined his life. Oh, stop it. In Rick's opinion. Mm-hmm. Ah, go ahead. And so I was, I was. Very, um, I, I didn't know how old this guy was, and it turns out he's not really that old. Yeah. And I was just glad that these kids were going to have that experience to, um, to tell, um, you know, to tell their kids that, oh, I got to see a great jazz trumpeter. I thought it was very cool. Also, I was kind of listening <laughs> in on who I assumed was their teacher. Yeah. They were w- one row in front of us, and he yeah. was a couple seats to your left. Uh-huh. And he seemed like a younger guy, but kind of cool. Like, he seemed engaged with the kids. He was reading things from the uh, program. Yeah, and he said things like, oh, he won nine Grammys. Yeah. And he was talking to somebody about it. I'm like, oh, you did your homework. Yeah. like That's awesome. Well, he's reading from the program. And he's reading from the program, yeah. And and it seemed like he, he was uh, making sure that the kids were um, – you know, we're going to be um, okay. And it sounded like they were pretty, um, they were pretty interested in what was going on. Yeah. And uh, apparently Wynton Marsalis wrote some books, uh, but this teacher seemed like, oh, this is somebody I could be friends with. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't hang out afterwards, but yeah. you know, had we met in a different situation, I could see, you know, oh, this might be a cool person to know. Um, yeah. But again, that didn't happen. I think I thought that was so cool that, um, and I think that, I think he was talking to the bus driver. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was reading from the program and really um, um, looking at, oh, this is, these, are, these are his accomplishments. I didn't know that Winston Marsalis um, wrote a children's book. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this concert. I thought he was engaging. I he thought was. he was funny. Um, he didn't seem like your average... Um, uh, celeb that just was like, yeah, I'm just going to play for you and you like my music, whether you know, want to listen to it or not. 
What are some of the things that he said that resonated with you? About um, recognizing the younger musicians and saying things like, well, you know, in a little, you know, in a few years from now, we're not going to be here. And so um, I want to recognize the musicians that are coming up because they're going to take over what we started. I, uh, what I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Sure. I don't remember what he said verbatim, but that really resonated with that really resonated with me because he's recognizing talent, good talent. And he actually had uh, a young drummer playing um, with his band and he was really good too. And there were just, yeah, great. There are two things he said that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. He's playing some music by Duke Ellington. Yep. And now for some context, when Marsalis is there with the entire Lincoln City Orchestra. I think it's Lincoln Center, but I'm not sure. Lincoln Center Orchestra. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably you're right. Not Lincoln City. Lincoln yeah, yeah. Center. I'm a dyslexic. Yeah. Dyslexic boy. DB. Yeah. Anyways. He's there with the Lincoln City Orchestra, and he said all the members of the original Lincoln City or Lincoln, Lincoln Center. Center Orchestra, I'm still dyslexic, <laughs> played with Duke Ellington. So awesome. And so he's like, we got to learn from them, which is really cool. And he said, and they used to cuss us out for playing too loud. Yeah. It's like, but the, and he goes, they're the hippest grandpas that you ever know. Yeah. Even though they're all dead by now. Yeah, they're all their dead. Yeah. So that stood out to me. The other thing was he yeah. was hanging out with another musician. I wish mm-hmm. I remembered who it was. Yeah. And this, his friend had two daughters who were roughly around his son's age, and they were like seven and eight at the time. Yeah, he was talking about um, the the piece that he they wrote called "Those Soulful." These are, I think it's called "These Are Those Soulful Days." Yeah, and he was basically saying his kids were playing and they were having this deep conversation about life and the end of the world. And his friend said that these are the are soulful the days. No, he said these are the soulful days. I know. And, and he, and, and, um, he was saying that one of the trombone players, um, one of the trombone players, uh, arranged that piece. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really, really good. And it made me think of something in my own life, right? So in 2005, I looked back in my time in high school when I was dating a girl who didn't want to make fun of your friend And I thought, oh, you know, those were the days, right? Mm -hmm. And when I was uh, back, back when I was in high school, I was looking at things like, you know, mid 90s, meaning if I was in 1999 or 2000, I was thinking about 1994, like that was the best time. I know, me too. Yeah. And when I was in 2008, I was looking back on 2006 and you get the point. Yeah. We could go all the way up until now, or maybe I look at like 2018. Oh, that was the time. And I think the message I got from that, I don't know if this is what Mr. Marsalis wanted me to, is that we should be appreciative of the time we're living in now because these are the days. Yeah, because we're going to look back yeah. 20 years from now when we're old, probably old and gray. And we're going to be like, I remember when I was, when this was going on right now, like, like I look back in my early 20s, like 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... What were those really the 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 good old days or was I struggling and and in some of those years I was struggling to make sure that I got um enough food or to um to uh, make sure that I got my assignments in on time and 
Then there was boyfriend problems. Was it really the good old days? Or parts of it were. Right. Parts of it were. I was living in a in a great neighborhood and there's a lot of people there. But now it's like, actually, there are things that I love now that are so much better than they were 20 years ago. We romanticize the past in a lot of ways. And, you know, I think about my carefree times in middle, you know, in, in seventh and eighth grade and when I was in high school and the people I wanted to date but never did or people that wanted to date me but never did or dances I went to. And that's fun, but some people live in the past too much. Have mm-hmm. you noticed that? I have noticed that. And it's like, I mean, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine who I've taken classes with um, in the last few months. And um, he was telling me that he was talking to, he would talk to a friend of his that he was friends with in high school. And he's like, look, I know that you enjoy talking about high school, but what about now? Yeah. You know, we're adults now. We're different now. We're mature. At least we should be mature. And I told him the same thing about people I've talked to. And I'm like, look, high school was fun and everything, but... It's been a minute. We're adults. Yeah. Yeah. We're adults with lives. We want to make, you know, something of ourselves. And you're over here thinking about what happened in English class or whatever class it was. That's great. But it's time to live in the future. I remember once, and unfortunately, I got to be a little bit vague about where I was, Mm -hmm. but I was at some get-together in 2002, summer of that year, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm 19 years old, Yep. and I meet this person, and within five minutes, he starts telling me about when he was in high school, he was involved with a student band. Yep. Because of that, he had keys and access to, you know, the entire school. Yep. And then, like, within another minute, something else from high school comes up that yeah. he was involved with. No, I didn't go to high school with this person. Uh-huh. This person was older than me. Uh-huh. And in the course of maybe 10 to 15 minutes of being around this person, he found, like, three or four different ways to bring up high school. Uh-huh. It was a good reminder that some people... I mean, this has been coming up a lot in my life recently, that we all don't really live in the same reality. Yeah. But some people don't really live in the same time. And I think a lot of that has to do is when you think your glory days were. That reminds me of the Bruce Springsteen song, Glory Days. Mm. Glory Days. I'm not right? familiar with it. Um, You should listen to it because it talks about, you know, uh, you know what it was like for, um, you know, in those glory days. Yeah. And, and we think about our glory days, but... Maybe our glory days are are now. You know, we 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 think a lot of people tend to think about what though that time that they liked and they were in their prime, right? But maybe maybe they're in their prime now. Yeah. And they just think that reality, their own reality, is scarier than it was before. But but hopefully, I mean, you would think that they would mature and learn from those things because. Back then, you were probably, we were probably more naive and we didn't know a whole lot because we were still trying to figure life out and you would hope that they would mature. And, and I've, I've found that in the last 20 years, things that I thought were more important to me are not that important. Yeah. And there are other things that are a lot more important than that. And I told you that recently I had a spiritual experience. I'm not going to go into the details here, but one of the things that came up was 
the things that you think are super meaningful and important really aren't. Mm -hmm. The things that you are so obsessed with today, Rick, and that you're going to be thinking about tomorrow and going forward because people forget the stuff. They come back to it, but you can forget it for a few minutes here and there or an hour or a week or whatever. The things that you are going to be obsessing on in a month and that you obsessed on earlier today, they're not that important. Yeah, and and I and I feel so bad for those people that are emotionally still yeah. stuck in the past because they thought, oh, those were so much better than what you know, because they probably maybe they made a mess of their life, right? Right. But you can always return from that. You can always fix those messes and you know, if you made some bad decisions, you can always fix them. But they just don't want to either they don't want to do it or they don't know how to do it. And they would just rather think about their high school days, their right. college days. College was great too. I think about those days too, but I've matured from that. That's a different time. Um, that was a different time in my life where I was growing. And uh, I I appreciate those experiences, but I don't want to go back to those. No. It's, it's not good. Cool. It's not good to just constantly be emotionally... Um, stunted because how do you grow <laughs> how do you grow exactly and then when things come up are you gonna think oh i wish i were back in high school i would have handled it like this no yeah. you wouldn't <laughs> you're you're not gonna at least i don't think you will find a girlfriend you know we're assuming heteronormative stuff and a lot of this happens with men and i know a lot of people don't fall into those gender stereotypes but i'm rick and oh, we're rigged us you're not going to get a hot chick when you're in your 30s if all you can do is talk about you were part of the band in high school. Or you wanted to get with a girl, but it never happened. And so now you're stuck with your bad decisions. It's just not going to happen. Right. Girls aren't really in to talking about high school when they're in their 30s. I mean, maybe it'll come up, but they don't want that to be the whole conversation. Or even when they're in their 40s, they're not, they're not going to talk about it. Well, they're going to be less in it. In they're going to get less into the, Um. Now, I know that there are some women that have been bullied in 7th and 8th grade and into high school. Okay. And sometimes they have emotional scars from that. But eventually... They fix whatever has happened, um, and and hopefully, they grow from it and um, become more emotionally uh, mature. Yeah, but yeah, so people are stuck in the past, and it just, it just, I feel for them. I really do. Mm -hmm. But anyways, when Winton was saying that, it reminded me that we all do that, or at least I do sometimes, and that I know people who are even worse than I am. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like Ben Sisko in the first episode of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. You know, where they say, um, he said, this is part of my past when he relives when Jennifer died. Uh -huh. And and the, and the prophets say, well, why do you live here? Yeah, exactly. Why are you still here? Why yeah. do you live here? And I, and I thought that is really a good question. Mm -hmm. Why? And I like to ask these people, why do you still live there? Right. Why are you not making a life for yourself now? In a you sense, though, be. yeah. Maybe people, and obviously not everybody, people have their own reasons, but maybe a good amount of those people just think of it, it was a simpler time. So it wasn't uh -huh. necessarily that it was better, but maybe they were still living at home. It was easier to make friends because you're around people who are all pretty much all your age, 
all day long. Yeah. And even if you had your issues, you could still develop a social circle. Yep. And when you get older, for some folks, it gets a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Right. With me, it's actually the opposite. Like I've, I think we discussed this recently. I don't really have issues making friends, but uh, I know that a lot of people do. Yeah, and I, and I feel for those people too mm-hmm. because they, you know, everyone deserves at least one good friend or two good friends. Yeah. But I've noticed that when I've gotten older, it's better to have a few friends than to have a whole gaggle of them. I never had a gaggle of them, but I had good friends that I, um, I've known throughout the years. Or you know, even if I make one uh, long-term female friend here in the Northwest, I'm happy. I don't have to have like everybody at my beck and call all the time. I'd rather have a few friends who I can go deep with yep. than like 90 friends who it's all surface stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes you got to choose the ones who are going to be surface friends or deep friends. I was having a conversation with my uncle on like <laughs> Monday night, I want to say. We're doing this on Sunday, so I'll ask you that. And I just asked him, how many friends do you have who you can talk with and go deep with? And he said about five male friends and maybe three female friends. Uh-huh. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you wanted me telling him that, but it's too late now. Well, it's too late. You already said yeah. it. But this is also the same uncle who a couple months ago said, if you have a secret, don't tell me because I'm liable to say it. <laughs> <laughs> At least he admitted it. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I just I just feel for the people that are just stuck in the past. It's like at, at at some point, it's like you just want to shake him and say, "Come on, yeah, snap out of it. It's time to go forward." Exactly. Think about what you have to do in your life now. Yeah, and I think we all have relatives who are in the past, for lack yeah. of a better term. Um, I mean, there's the ones that hold grudges that won't let get rid of grudges and things like that, or I don't know. I I just. I don't know. Back then, there were so many things that we didn't have a lot of access to. Right. Like, um, I wasn't really, I didn't have great computer skills until I was 22. And even then, um, you know, I didn't quite have, I didn't have access to a, to a printer yet. Yeah. And I was still using a note-taking device, which was good for some things, but not good for everything. And um, it was simpler, but was it better? Not all the time, no. Yeah, I mean, if I could live in the past, I would buy, meaning when I was in middle school and high school, mm-hmm. I'd buy a whole bunch of Apple stock. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that that's a great fantasy, but... Uh, until I get the opportunity to ask God, hey, can I go back and relive that? I, it doesn't really make much sense to focus no, on that. No, no. And, you know, just we think about decisions we could have made, sure. but was it, would it have been the right decision? I don't know. Maybe not. Or maybe we'll just never know. We'll just never Or know. maybe we will if we get to relive this life knowing what we know now. But until then, babes. Oh, my goodness. Um. Back to the concert, or unless you had something. No, no, no. I, I, I had a really good time. I, I, um, I had a feeling that when we sat down, we were not going to be dancing, but everybody was very receptive to the concert. It was great. 
I loved the Duke Ellington pieces. About Ella Fitzgerald. Yes, and um, I also loved the the one that he um, composed. Yeah, because he started off with three originals. Yes. I don't remember the names of them, though. Uh, one was uh, something, something underground. Okay. Um, that was great. Um, and then I think there were the other two, and I forgot what they were. He did stuff by other composers, not just Duke Ellington. Yeah. And he gave some more backstory to Duke Ellington, saying that he composed something like a thousand or he two did. thousand pieces. Um, I think it was a thousand pieces and twenty eight al uh, eight hundred albums. I'm like eight hundred albums. I'm sure there's some greatest hits and best of. Wow. So it's not, you know. Yeah. I got a dumb question for you. Okay, that may not be a dumb question. It's somebody, I mean, I know about the jazz world, but I don't go deep. I've seen the Ken Burns documentaries. And yeah. Obviously, I've seen live jazz before, but yeah. why do they call them pieces instead of songs? I don't know. Mm. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I mean, there are, like, when I played, um, when I played a flute, I, I mean, usually when, um, I don't know why, maybe they call them that for instruments. Okay. Maybe maybe their pieces when an instrument is playing it than songs when you're singing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what it is, because I've played many flute pieces. I don't know that I would call them songs, but they're pieces. Yeah. Maybe they just refer to them when instruments are only playing them, and they're not. There's no singer. That makes involved. sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was a good time. We see the concert gets out a little bit early, but I'm thinking this is great because we can go home, eat some banana cream pie, and watch some Maya. We get out to where the Lyft is picking people up, meaning the Lyft app, right? Yep. That you get on your iOS device and yeah. Android and all that good stuff. So I'm, I am scheduling. I'm I'm requesting a ride. The lady gets there in about, I don't know, five minutes. Something like that. I call up the lady just like I usually do if I'm if we're trying to find the lady. I'm very descriptive. I say, uh, we have two canes. We're standing in front of the Schnitzer Hall. It's right behind us. I'm wearing such and such. Yeah. You're wearing such and such. Yeah. Right? She still can't find us. And she just canceled your order. And she said... She said that she was in a one-way street. She said, I'm sorry, it's very busy. She didn't even try to get out of it. And then before she hung up, she said, ma'am, can you please check your app? So I'm thinking, okay, she just she's going to cancel us. But you getting, handed the phone over to me? I, I handed it over to you just to see if you could talk to her. But she by then she hung up the phone. Sounds like a little bit of a see you next Tuesday in Rick's opinion. So and I was tell and I was trying to explain to her because she was getting frustrated. Yeah. I didn't know where she what she was talking about. She was in a one way street, but she was getting frustrated. I was getting frustrated because I told her we can't see you. We yeah. don't know where you are, and I'm trying to be as specific and as clear as possible. And she still couldn't get it. So she canceled our order. I'm like, fine, I'll get somebody else. Before you did that, though. We, I, I wanted to make sure that we were in the right spot. Yeah. We go to the box office, it's closed. So we head back over to where we were when the lady called you. And, I called her. Or when you called her, I'm sorry. And I asked somebody, 
hey, is this the spot where people are getting picked up for Lyft? And they said yes. So we were in the right spot. Yeah, so it yeah. was. It really was not our fault. This woman, wherever she was, was obviously not in the same area. I think she was a little bit too busy playing her Ryan Adams CD <laughs> to really know what was going on in life. It was just, it was just, I mean, I've never, I've never been, I mean, it was almost like when we were picked up at the, we were getting picked up at the park. Yes. And, when and we went to just, that French tribute, tribute thing. Yes, and we just couldn't. No, no, this was at um, this was at uh, Rosa Parks Park. Uh, the um, I'm sorry, in Rosa Parks Way. Um, th- this is when we went to the to see the Jeff. Oh, that's right, that was a disaster. Th- th- when we were trying to get a lift, and we were very confused. Yeah. And the guy just wasn't helping. At least he was nice about it, but she was just. I mean, she was just not cooperating. No. But we finally got a guy. He was in this um, um. He was in a, a Toyota, and I'm glad that you saw it because I said, oh, it's going to be a um, a red Toyota. And we got in. He was quiet, but we had a nice ride. Yeah, he dropped us off. Alana he, was talking to me during the ride about music and whatnot, but he, he, was, was, he was kind of quiet, just focusing on the road. He was, um, he was nice enough to ask us if we needed any help to the door, but we were, um, we got in the back way, so it was fine. I I just took out my key and let us in, and yeah, it was good. It was. I'm. I was just glad that we got somebody in the air. I'm like, well, that one canceled, but we got somebody else. And the and guy who took us to the concert was really cool too. Yes, he was very nice, and and he, um, um, yeah, he was from another country, but he was working very, very hard since the morning. And I'm like, well, I hope you get some sleep. Yeah. You must be really tired. Yeah. Now, yeah. he was raising his daughters in the church, but, you know, he didn't try to proselytize or anything like that. Is that the word proselytize? Proselytize. Yeah, he didn't try to do what Alana just said. He just, proselytize. You know, we were just he talking to him. Yeah. And, he, and that came up that his uh, daughters are being raised in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Or a church. A church. We don't know what church. We don't know what church. No. Uh, but yeah, there was so, so there was some lift drama, but we made it past it though. We did. I mean, I, I figured, you know, if one lift driver is going to work, there's going to be another one. Exactly. And it's going to be a better one. So I more, more than likely, you know, I, I can't be too upset, but I mean, that woman shouldn't be working for, for a lift anymore. No, no. Uh, not anymore. No. Yeah. Um, did I tell you about the one time, remember when we went to go see that group at, um, uh, downtown, the one who um I knew, uh, the one oh the, Joseph. Yes, we saw Joseph. Yeah, I I I didn't know if you want me to say it. No, I but, mean because they're big and we just talked about it before, so I think it's okay. Um, so um, the driver gets me home, but when I was in the um the car, I think I may have told you this. The driver, it like I don't know. I didn't like the way that he drove. Mm. It just felt like, ugh, you know, I I was kind of feeling a little bit, a little, a little sick when I got home. I'm like, oh. But it wasn't like what happened in Ghost Dad. No, I didn't see that movie. You're not missing much. Okay. Yeah. What happened? So, you know the premise of it though, right? Yeah, I know the premise of it. Yeah. So, before Bill Cosby dies in this car accident, it's a cab that he's in. Yeah. The cab driver is driving super crazy. Yeah. And then finally, you know, he dies and comes back as ghost dad. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I I mean, he wasn't driving super crazy, but it just felt kind of jerky, and I didn't like that. I don't like jerky vehicles. Okay. Sometimes a max train feels a little jerky to me. It can be at times. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. That's why, that's why there's a bar to hold on to. Anyway, um, so, uh, but we got home, and you said you never had a banana cream pie before. At least not that I remember. And it sounded like you liked this one. It was good. It was really good. I, I love banana cream pies. Um, I like a lot of things with bananas in them, except for banana chips. Oh, I and do. I actually do like banana chips. They're not my all-time favorite, but they are good on occasion. I don't like them. Oh. Now, and before we went to the concert, my little Jayla was nice enough to get us some Carl Juniors. Yeah. Um, I was. I wanted to get onion rings from for my order, but that didn't happen. So I pretty much got the same order that you did. <laughs> Which was? Um, two hand-breaded chicken bacon Swiss sandwiches with natural cut fries and a couple of cherry Cokes. Nice. It was good. It was. Now, let's talk about Mia. We saw quite a bit of We saw Cokes. quite a bit of Mia. Oh, and we also had cherry Pepsi when yes. we were eating the Be pie. We're very healthy people here. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that there was a couple of cherry, uh, wild cherry Pepsis in my fridge, but yeah. you found them, and I'm glad you did because I'm like... Oh, there's a cherry Pepsi. I hope there's another one. And there was one for you and one for me. Yes, yes, yes. So we couldn't have been happier. Yeah. And, you know, this is what you do when you're managing your health. You eat banana <laughs> cream pie. You eat dinner at Carl's Jr.'s. And you have cherry Cokes and Pepsis. Well, it wasn't like we do this all the time. That's true. Way. That's true. We, we don't eat like this all the time. No, but no, no. Because we had a very busy day with ballet class, which was very good, by the way. Yes, it was. We had um, quite a workout. I mean, one of the things that was kind of confusing required uh, turning on one of your feet. Mm -hmm. And we, we're not going to get too much into that, but um, we got a good workout. We did. <laughs> and um, anyway, so we watched a bunch of Maui Tylo Moe episodes. And it's starting to pick up again. Yes. Like I thought it would. Yeah, which is great. What was the first episode we watched, babes? We watched, um, I think it was the one where, um, uh, the, the woman's point of view episode, I think it was. I think you're correct. And that was when they were trying to find a woman to do that segment. Uh, Sue Ann Nevins was trying to run for the, um, uh, to audition for the part. Mm -hmm. Mary was, um, uh, Mary decided to audition for the part. And Lou didn't want her to because he didn't want to hurt her feelings if it was, if it was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a funny episode. That was though. really good. <laughs> and Sue Ann. And, and Ted was the one that was um, a witness to all of them. And, and Sue Ann was um, doing a really weird audition and Ted's looking at her like, mm, okay. Because <laughs> she's reading this story about disaster and in the middle of it she's like, and they were planning a nice party at this high school. <laughs> And they can use this for this. <laughs> but I like when she goes over to Mary's place before the audition and says something to the effect of, Mary, I've been doing the Happy Homemaker since 1963, and I'm tired of smiling. And I can't. And she's trying to make it so she doesn't smile. But naturally, I, I would yeah. imagine she's a smiler. <laughs> and she's... <laughs> She tries to do this. I want to be a nice person. I'm tired of being a mean person. I want to be a different one. 
I think she said I'm tired of being... Oh, maybe she did say she, she said, I want to be a nice person, but okay. you know that she's not going to be. She's no. going to be conniving and, <clears throat> you know, she's going to try to, you know, uh, manipulate her way into things. But um, she doesn't get the job, though. She does not. Now, there's a woman named Enid who um, applies for the job, and yeah. she's very good, actually. Yeah. And so... Mary is thinking that Mr. Grant is going to give her that part. Going to give it to Mary. Give give Mary the part, yeah. yeah. And so Mr. Grant says, okay, Mary, uh, why don't you watch her audition and your audition? And then you make the choice. So she watches it and she's like, yeah, but I think I should get the part. Because, you know, she could say that, but, you know, she's going to run out of, out, out of ideas if she says it all the time. Because Enid's basic thing is, I don't know what a woman's point of view is these days. Yeah. Yeah. It could be anything. And then Lou breaks it down and says, hey, it's actually not between you and Enid. You were fourth. And then he says, you were actually sixth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then so she, she she congratulates Enid on getting the job. Yes. And we actually thought she was very good. And, yes. I, and I think she might have been on the Golden Girls, too, that woman. I don't know. And <laughs> I don't watch the Golden Girls like you do. I have, yeah. And so at the at the end of the show, she asks Ted, she's like, Oh hi Ted, don't you remember me? And he says, Yeah, you're the black one. <laughs> so this brings up an interesting question. <coughs> yeah. When we first meet Ted, yeah. he's dumb and lovable. Yes. And you know, I don't know if he meant that statement to be racist or if it was just, like, dumb because he doesn't know a lot of black people. Yes, yes. Which is probably the it's case. It's probably the case, yeah. But there's other things about Ted that are, let's say, less than admirable besides for the fact that he's dumb. Yes. He cheats on his girlfriend yep. pretty openly. Yes, he does. And he harasses his coworkers, meaning Mary, and tries to force his way on her. And not like, he doesn't rape her. No, but he's like manipulative. He's, he's trying to manipulate, yeah. manipulate her. Manipulate her into giving him barbecue chicken. Um, well, even more than that. In the episode we watched right after this. Yeah. He tried to have sex with Mary. And then when she didn't reciprocate, he tries to spread rumors about her. Or at least blow things out of proportions yeah. at the office. Yeah, and then, you know, he tried, he, you know, he... He pretends like, oh, there's something I need you to, um, you know, I need you for something. And he, uh, she, um, is invited to dinner with him. And then all of a sudden he's trying to hit on her and he, and she's like, why are you doing this to me now? Yeah. Now I know it all started off at a 5,000 watt radio station in Fresno, <laughs> but. San Fran, uh, yeah, Fresno. Right. Fresno. Yep. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I don't know. Now, obviously, you couldn't do Ted today. So mm -hmm. that's not my question. No, because Ted is very politically incorrect. Yeah, like you definitely, you you might be able to get away uh, at that joke that he did to Enid at the end of the episode, maybe. But there's no way you could do the following episode. But, but realistically, he would be considered a very creepy coworker. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of think, too, that it's not only you could not get away with it today, I bet that there are some people in the 1970s who watched Ted and was like, I know a guy like this at the office, yes, but that guy I know at the office is super creepy. 
No, like Ted. Yeah. Yeah. And so my question to you is, yeah. do you like Ted as a character? Meaning, do you think that he's likable? I think he can be when he kind of, you know, when he sort of says that, you know, he's the most, he's the best looking guy in the room. Yeah. But if I had met him on the street, I probably think he's a male chauvinist pig. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. If I met him on the street, I would be like, okay, forget it. I'm not talking to you. You're a pig and you belong with the other pigs. Um, or a dog or whatever. You know, I like dogs, but. Oh. Um, I would probably think that um, he needs to get an um, ego adjustment. Yeah, and he's and also super cheap when he gets paid probably the most out of anybody else in the office, with maybe uh -huh. the exception of Sue Ann. And, and then he's got, you know, George, Georgette, who's this really sweet woman. Oh, Ted. Oh, Ted. But he, she's kind of dumb, right? Like, yes. she doesn't even... She can't see the forest through the trees, right? right. She's... She's a sweet, lovable girl, but she just doesn't get that Ted can be a jerk. Maybe or she, she looks the other way, I think. Or she looks the other way because she doesn't want to think that. She thinks that Ted is the greatest. But it but it was implied that maybe they did break up. Cause she cause he said, Well, you know, I if blah 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 because remember when uh, Ted and Georgia end up at Mary's place? Yeah. And he says, you know, I forgot what she said, but he said I would uh, she said I that she would take him back. Oh, that's right. That's in the episode where he's sitting on a Mary. Yes. And he's she's like, you can come back to me, Ted, if things don't work out. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, things don't work. So it sounded like maybe they were not together that time. I'm guessing. It sounds like she's surrendering to Mary. Yeah. And when she thinks that Ted had had sex with Mary, she's like, I'm going to step out of the picture. Yeah, but that also didn't mean, that may not have meant sex either. I mean, I know that he may have been thinking about but it. But he's trying to imply. Trying no, to imply they, they didn't have sex. No, obviously they did But didn't. he's trying to imply to everybody that they did. Now, I did thought this, I did like that one scene where she says, Ted, if I kiss you goodnight, would you go home? Yeah. So <laughs> I should probably clarify this. I really like the episode. Yeah. I just, it made me like Ted as a character less. I know. Yeah. I know because he was willing to lie about his coworker when Mary is a very honest person and she's very responsible and her good name was being um, dragged through the mud by Ted Baxter. Right. Yeah. Ted I know. Baxter. And then uh, the next episode, what was that? That was where Mary becomes the producer. We yeah. stopped in the middle of that to go to the concert, but we watched, you know, the first half and then the second half. Yeah. That is a really good episode. Yes. Because Mary wants more responsibility since she's gotten the promotion to producer. Yeah. But Lou's like the executive producer. So it's basically a promotion in title only with a little bit of a raise. Yep. And so she says, I want to do more. Lou agrees to let her produce the entire news program the next night. Yep. And then there's all these issues because she wants to do stuff to the sets. Ted isn't dressed the way she wants him to be. Yep. And things just kind of fall apart. Yep. And there's an issue with the sound man. And then I she's, liked. I like this one part where she's like, okay, everybody cool. It's like, well, well, why don't you handle it the way that Lou would handle Ted? And yeah. she's like, Ted, I want to punch your face out. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, and this episode <laughs> could have easily fall, fell in, fall into the trap of this is too much of a sitcom. Yeah. But they balanced it just right, I felt. 
it didn't feel too sitcom to me because I've been in situations where I've wanted more responsibility mm-hmm. and I've gotten it and realized, oh, this is kind of a headache. Yeah, it is. So I can relate someone. I can relate to what Mary was going through. And I really like too yeah. that you see the cameraman upset and the set designer. Yeah. He's like, holy cow, Mary, I can't believe this. Because those are things you wouldn't necessarily think about. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really good episode. It's not the best one of the series, yeah. but I enjoyed it a lot. And then, and then Lou is kind of at the bar and hanging out with the um, sound man, with the sound man Rollins, who gets really drunk out. and passes out. Yeah, nineteen seventy two. The debating sports. Yeah, that was really funny. This one was really good. Uh, what was the next one? The next one, I think it's called like. Phyllis solves inflation or Phyllis and inflation. What was it? Was that the one afterwards or did we watch a one? Um, I think that was the one out. No, 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 no. You're right. The one afterwards was uh, called the system, I think. And it's yeah, what that, Ted, was one, that was a funny one too. That one was a really good one. That was the one about gambling. Yeah. And this is when um, Ted, um, uh, Ted bet, um, was it like seven, seven dollars? I think it was. That's the slang, which means $700 on these games. And he keeps on winning and keeps on winning. And Lou is upset because Ted is an idiot. Yeah. And yet he came up with this betting system (laughs) that works in sports. Yeah. So he bets against the system and loses everything. Yeah. Which feels like it could be a sitcom thing. Yeah. But the reason I feel it works for me is because te- uh, Lou is such a degenerate yeah. when it comes to gambling yeah. that it makes sense for his character to do something like this. Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. I liked it. And I liked it. It was like, like I can't believe, I, you know, I've been hearing that all the, you know, my whole life. Like, I can't explain it to you because you're not going to understand it. Yeah. And then Ted explains it to you and Ted's like, I don't know. Lou explained it to him, to yeah. Ted. Huh? Lou explained it to Ted. Exactly. And then Ted's like, I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) You do get the sense that Ted at some point just needed a really good mentor. Uh Mm Uh-huh. So that was funny. And then we watched the Phyllis episode, which I thought was great. That was really good. Basically, Fa needs to downsize. (laughs) Because, um, Because she doesn't have a job anymore and... She Lars. never really had a good job. She never had a good job, yeah. And because it's a recession, people are scratching their asses instead of going into the doctor. Their Disney stock tanked. Um, what was the other stock they mentioned? I forget. But they had some stock that went from like $88 to $14. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, was, yeah. And we found out that she could have gotten with the DuPont. Yeah, and Mary was trying to teach her how to live on a budget. Yep. Because Mary is... You know, a single woman, she has to think of, you know, um, what she needs to spend for laundry and food and clothing yeah, and rent. And so (laughs) Mary was like, Mary was wondering if Phyllis wanted to, um, you know, to be just like Mary. She's like, would I want to have your life? (laughs) Yeah, the ending could have been a little bit better. Yeah. But I thought everything leading up to it was good. Yeah. And the ending wasn't horrible. It was just, it. Mm, I would have written it differently. You said it was good, though. I said it was, it could have been better, though. What did you not like about the ending? Well, she's kind of flipping things on Mary, so Mary feels bad. When that's not necessarily the way I would have ended it. So maybe, I mean, I need time to think about it, but maybe it's something to where... Phyllis just realizes that they just realizes that their lives are different 
and Mary leaves. I don't know what I would have done. I thought it was really funny when she when Phyllis made that joke about Lars. He's like, yeah, it's not fun getting into bed with Lars. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lars. You he's going to die him. soon. Yeah. Yeah. You never see him. No. Like, you never see him. It's, it's like... Um, Vera is uh, never seen but is talked about. Exactly. And Maris, you don't really see her. You may hear her cough. Right. But she's never seen. Yeah. So they're all really good. Yeah. Yeah. The show's picking up again. I'm I, enjoying it. I thought I thought um Cloris Leachman's um um performance in this episode was really funny. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> We should watch the last picture show because she did it when she was doing the Mary Tyler Moore show and she won an Oscar for it. What is that one about? Um, it's about a small town in the South, I want to say. I've never seen it. I know that it was like Peter Bogdanovich's breakout movie. Oh, wow. And it had a young Sybil Shepherd oh, wow. and Jeff Bridges. Really? I've heard really good things about it. And this, was this like in the 70s? It's like 1970. Oh, wow. Or 71, and it was, again, she was working on the Mary Tyler Moore show when she won the Oscar for the last picture show. Yeah. Yeah. And picture show meaning a movie. That's what I would assume. I didn't know that they were called picture shows until, or the pictures, mm -hmm. until I heard about it. I'm like, oh, that's what a picture show is. Yeah. It's it's a movie. But um, I didn't know that they were they called them that back then. Yes, yes. And then I had trouble sleeping last night because I got indigestion. I don't know why I was eating super healthy yesterday. <laughs> but before that... <laughs> this is so it is. I don't know. I came up with a dad joke. And the dad joke is this. Uh, oh, God. I hope I remember it right. Do you want to say... What do you call an owl who... Um, what do you call it when an owl decides to remake a Sylvester Stallone movie? And you want to know what the answer is? What? Stop or my mom will hoot. Oh. It's a dad joke. It's not like, you know, meant to be super highbrow. I honestly think that the guy from the center would like it. He probably would laugh at it. You should tell him that and no, say, hey, no, you can use this. No, you tell him that. You're the one who came up with the joke. I didn't. I had no... I had no part in this joke. Alana's in the bathroom doing whatever she does and comes back and I tell her the joke. And she's like, yeah, Bob. But that's the point of a dad joke. Okay. Yes. But he's he's known for dad jokes. Nice. But I don't know. I think you should tell him that one. Oh. When you see him next time, whenever that is. Or maybe you give me his email address. And I'll <laughs> write it down. And send it would it. be fun to be witness to it if you told him in person. Oh. He, he it's pretty easy to make him laugh. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easy to make him laugh, and nice. he's a, he's a nice guy. I think he would appreciate a joke. There we go. I like him a lot. He's he's he likes to um sit in on classes just to see what's going on there, and he'll talk to the students and. Students are welcome to come into his office if it's open. Yeah. Um, if he if he's there and he's he has time. Tell him um, that you have something very important to discuss with him. <laughs> no. Give him that joke. No, you tell him. Okay. I want to be there when you tell him. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Rick has a dad joke for you. You might find it funny. Yes. Or maybe not. Thank you. I am. I had trouble sleeping, didn't fall asleep until around four. You slept great, but the night before I slept great and you couldn't fall asleep. 
Well, I, I slept for like, like a couple of hours and then, um, like two or three hours and then I didn't get back to sleep until like four. Nice. So I woke up at one, didn't get back to sleep at four, but you didn't get to sleep at, until four, right? Yeah. And then I heard somebody say, but they were whispering in. <laughs> it was all good though. I woke up, I was up by like 8.19 <laughs> and heard that the Wintmore Stalis concert was a ripoff. I wouldn't say that. It's it, it was definitely worth it. I mean, I, like I said, I would rather see a short concert and the set be really great than no concert at all. Yeah, so basically my friend who was also at the show texted me and said that he, that's how he felt about it. But he also said that The Who wasn't that great either. And I'm like, that's I don't true. know what kind of concert you went to, but we thought it was awesome. I love seeing The Who. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, he should be glad that he was even able to see Winter Marsalis. That's right. Because... We don't know when he's going to come back. To he might home. never. He might die. No. He could get that Rona tomorrow and pass or away. Or something else. Yeah, or something else. But it seemed to me like um, he was alive and alert and still doing what he loved. Yep. Yeah. I did have a weird dream. What? In the dream, I find out that my dad died, which actually happened over the summer. But yes. the dream isn't the same. It happened two months ago. And or three months ago. Right? That was during the summer. Yeah. Two and a half months ago. Two and a half months ago. Dead dad privilege is no more. But I get in a van with some relatives and they notice that I'm not really talking about it. So one of them comes over to talk to me. Yeah. And says, are you going to react to your dad's death? And my response was, whatever my reaction is, I'm going to get criticized for it. Yeah. And then I wake up. Wow. Yes. Do you think if you have like, when you have dreams like that, it's a way to kind of um it's almost like therapeutic like i'm dealing with this in my dream maybe because in my head that's kind of how i felt when my dad died like whatever i say isn't going to be the it right wouldn't thing. even it wouldn't even matter what i said because it wouldn't get you know noticed well or Maybe it's going to be taken the wrong way taken the wrong way because yeah. if i'm like oh <laughs> i love my dad and we were so close and he died so young well come on would you think that was true based on the stories you heard me say about him? You know? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. And, but, you know, the real thing is me saying, ah, my dad was a bit of an asshole and he liked to gaslight people and I'm glad he was dead. You know, I did write that, which is kind of true. So <laughs> I don't think, put it to you this way, I don't think that a lot of the people who saw that post were like super thrilled with it. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't, and I, and I wouldn't hear the end of it either. You wouldn't. <laughs> I, I would never. I wouldn't hear the end of it. If you saw that post. No, if you kept telling me that every day. Nice. Which you kind of um, have told me that over the years. But it's not every day. It's not every day. Yes. But I, I, I had a feeling that you were going to write something like that. Thank you. Did anybody ever comment said and say anything like so far like, I can't believe you said that about your own dad. Not that, but okay. so I did a post before I did three posts about my dad that, Hey everyone, my dad died. And I was today. laughing at that one. Thank you. Laughing at my pain. No, no, but we, you were both, we were both laughing at it because of the way that you worded it. Yes. But my laugh was based off the shock. Anyways, <laughs> the next day I basically wrote a thing saying, Hey, thanks for the wishes. Just so you know, me and my dad weren't really that close, blah, 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 blah. And then the next I maybe like a week later, 
I don't have it in front of me, but something like that. I wrote a thing where I said that hopefully this is the last post about my dad. I was more diplomatic in the last one, but, you know, and I said what I said. And then somebody just commented below, I said, um, yeah, sometimes it's good to be more diplomatic. <laughs> oh. Yes. Okay. But I don't know. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, babes. Right. Yes. And now Alana will like to read a list of grievances that she has with my dad. <laughs> I, my don't dad him. I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know him. I've just gone off of what you said, and it doesn't sound very good, so I don't need to repeat it. Thank you there, little Jim. <clears throat> I don't need to repeat it. Um, you said what you had to say. Um, that's that's all. <laughs> yeah, at some time point, it's, it's time to move on, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know, he had his bad qualities, but it's not like he used to listen to Ryan Adams. <laughs> it's like the the bashing Ryan Adams uh, episode. I guess so. <laughs> you know, one thing I'll say for my dad, he might have been a drug addict loser who liked to steal from his own relatives and gaslight people, but I never heard him talk too positively about Ryan Adams. <laughs> You probably wouldn't have heard of Ryan Adams. Right. Let's open up. I don't know that Ryan Adams is that big of a star anyway. Oh, no. Apparently, they play his music in hell now. But um, bum Fubs. Wow. So, a lot of lost souls know who I don't know that there is music in hell, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's Ryan Adams' screaming. biggest CD. I think, it's I think Ryan the, Adams' greatest hits. I, I honestly think that the only thing that people would hear is screaming and crying and screaming and crying. And Ryan Adams' songs. Bubs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hell would actually be a somewhat decent place if it wasn't for all the Ryan Adams references. All right, that's enough of that, thanks. Oh, jeez. There's a big sign, and when you go into hell saying Ryan was here, not Brian, but Ryan. Oh, well. No, that's enough of that, babes. Love. Yes. Wow. Um, but yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. We talked about a lot today, little J. Whoa. We did. Um, it was, uh, overall, it was a great night last night. Um, it couldn't have been better. Um, except I think it, it should have been, um, we, we should have had at least another um, 30 minutes of music. I agree, but we enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know if we want to get into the other thing that happened yesterday, just because we still don't know that much about it. And I'm talking about the Israel-Palestine thing. Um, I don't know much about it. You just told me about it. A lot of people died. There was like a sneak attack on wow. Israel and then... Palestine, uh, there's a sneak attack on Israel from Palestine and Palestine. Uh, there's a lot of people who died because Israel retaliated. And it's complicated. I listen, I don't know enough about it to really discuss it. I don't know it either. He just told me about it this morning. So I'm like, oh, I, I'm probably going to hear about it. Yeah, but it sounds like a lot of innocent people died on both sides. Which not a fan of innocent people dying. Absolutely not. Yes. Especially if they were right there in the crossfire. Exactly. Um, absolutely not. You, you don't, yeah, that's not good. Yes. Not good at all. They were there for a Ryan Adams concert. And... <laughs> no, I don't know. Should we call this Ryan Adams and Pie? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look up with something. Adams and Marcellus? Uh, maybe. We'll come up with something. <laughs> oh, wow. Ryan and Rage? No. Ryan and Regret? No. Uh, 
I don't know. We'll come up with something. Adams and Agony. The Agony of Adams. Winton and... Uh... Winton and the wrong name. No. We'll come up with something, babes. Oh. We don't have to do it right now. <laughs> well, um, yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff there, little table. Yes, very interesting. Yeah. Well, babes. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, it's, uh, I'm glad we had some, well, one more thing. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to have, um, a little bit more sun this week. Me too, because <laughs> it's supposed to rain this upcoming week. Mm, well, we need the rain though. Yeah, we do. We do need the rain. Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah, good. So we wrap this up? Yes, I think we should. I think yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come here, you. Come here, you. You. <laughs> you. Bugs. What? Stop it. <laughs> bye, babes. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.